Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Tox and Tastings Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. I'm Bullhagen. And I'm Berg. And for the last time, I'm Vicar 16.0. Yes, this is our last episode with this app. Well, and hopefully it's not the last time we hear from you. No, but the last time is a Vicar. Yeah. So uh, we might get a little sentimental today. <laughs> um, uh, have you been Berg good? Wonderful. Hey, Pete. I forgot to say hi to you. Hey, Pete. Hey. So, uh, yeah, this is our our, uh, our last episode before the app update. Right. And because there is an ending here, I thought we'd uh, go back to an old beginning. So which... Uh, when was it on the podcast that you really showed people what was behind the collar? Do you remember? Um, the pickle jar. <laughs> yeah, the pickle jar, right? <laughs> and uh, what was the? And so you you stuck that pickle jar full of iced tea down your pants. Yes. In order to sneak into a movie theater. Correct. Right. <laughs> Have you heard that episode? Uh, that was before my time, but yeah. <laughs> so I brought you pickle juice, pickle moonshine in um in a mason jar pickle wow moonshine pickle moonshine what so this is real folks this is not fake news there is a jar of pickles and it's labeled pickle moonshine oh and it's got a special top for it he's got us like a that looks like my son's like water bottle sippy cup you know wow so this is old smoky tennessee moonshine Moonshine pickles. Here, let me get a picture of that to send to Peter. So we My can s- goodness. I don't know what you're drinking, listener, but uh, it's hard to top this one. <laughs> See the top on there? My goodness. So I figured, you know, because it's your last time, <laughs> we'd have something that you will probably never drink again. Hey, I love that. <laughs> I love it. All right. So we'll be drinking it with uh, ice and some uh, Canadian uh can of Canadian dry, Canadian dry, Canada dry uh, ginger ale. So, so Vicar, please uh, pour for us. And uh, oh my gosh, where do I even start with this thing? It's so you saw that and you thought of me immediately. I, I did, I did actually. So, wow. <laughs> so I, I do listen. So you know, what am, what am I doing here? Let's see here. Teach me your ways. Does it have? Does it have like a hole in it for? Oh, there you go. Wow. A little goes so, a long way with this stuff, huh? Indeed. So. Okay, we'll be careful. You Just guys can eat bit. the pickles too, right? Indeed. And, uh, you know, a lot of wow. moonshine actually has, uh, like, other fruit in it. And, like, the fruit, I think, tastes really terrible. Um, <laughs> you need it? Really alcoholic. But the pickles here are good. <laughs> Oh, I don't want I don't want this I don't want the soda in it yet. Okay. Okay. That's good. I actually like pickle juice. Good. Well, you know, I thought of you and I thought, hey, you know, is that is that is that when your football days when you were supposed supposed to rehydrate and get salt and they have you drink pickle juice? Oh my in, gosh. Indeed. Wow. So, yeah, this is going to be quite an episode. You, you can't really taste the alcohol much in there. No, that's the deceptive thing about moonshine. This is really good. And then, what, see, what I like about it is, too, is when you're all done with it, you can. it has a little nozzle for iced tea. 
Right, exactly. So it's a win-win-win. <laughs> you don't know the story, do you, Vicar? No, can you? Okay. No, he'll have long to go back story, and listen Long to story it. short, okay? Reader's I'll Digest to, version. Yeah. Okay? Is uh, when I was in uh, younger, I wanted to uh, go to a movie, and the whole thing was you sneak a, be- sneak a beverage in. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. And uh, the only thing I had was a pickle jar, and the only beverage I had was iced tea. So I I had a pickle jar of, right. of iced tea in my pants that and I got caught at a busy movie theater and I had to you know pull that the pickle jar out of my pants with <laughs> tea yeah something like that the full story is in uh, an episode entitled pickle jar if you want to uh, to hear that I think yeah you're jogging my memory now so so uh, um, if you guys can talk for a minute I got something for Vicar I want I wanted to grab for him but I forgot to grab it so oh. talk amongst yourselves wow all right, so, Vicar, you're heading out uh, here soon. What are you most looking forward to at Fort Wayne? I think I am most looking forward to uh, the uh, the camaraderie with my, my brother classmates and hearing uh, how they grew and learned on Vicarage. Because mm-hmm. uh, seminary, you learn in a lot of different angles. You learn when you go to chapel. You learn when you're in the classroom. You learn over coffee. You learn over maybe a beverage like pickle, pickle moonshine. Pickle moonshine, as I will definitely introduce this to at least my my friend group. So, uh, and you learn from your uh, your classmates who come from all different walks of life. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing my buddies and and uh, and uh, greeting my my church family in Fort Wayne again. Uh, we'll go to the same church uh, out there that I uh, field, did field work at, field education. So that's where I first read the lessons and did the prayers and things like that. But looking forward to seeing the folks at that congregation as well and seeing the pastor too. So, so uh, Vicar, being, right. being the last uh, time, I got you a gift. Okay, a white box. You should open it. This is scary. I don't know what's going to come out. <laughs> is it alive? <laughs> it will be. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Uh oh! <laughs> it is alive. It's a bumblebee. Bumblebee. Desktop USB microphone. Oh my goodness! Thank you, Pastor. Yeah. Well, you, well, you know, you you uh, did a lot of recording this year, and I think you en- enjoyed it. not just the podcast, but you'd have done a Bible studies and all sorts of things. And uh, well, thank you. Yeah. And uh, so, anytime. You know, uh, I think you will get a lot of use out of it. Yeah, and uh, I'll set, I'll make sure to set it up in my basement in Fort Wayne, and I, I'll throw a couple things your way, a couple audio. Right, audio I, bites I figure I figure you could keep your uh, we could have a uh, ongoing segment whenever Report. you want of of what sixteen point oh is thinking about. Oh yeah, and Re- you could just... re- reports from the fort. Yeah, yeah, I'll let you know. So well, thank you. That was very thoughtful. This you know this podcast. I was joking with Pastor earlier. This podcast has been a consistent part of my vicarage experience. I have, you know... In uh, a year of inconsistency. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you preach every other week, but you're on the Clerical Errors podcast every week. Mm-hmm. 50-odd episodes. Yeah, give or take. So this has been a great uh, unexpected source of learning, just like at the seminary, there's a lot of those too. So I look forward to continuing correspondence with the bumblebee microphone but you know when i was a vicar that would have been impossible to be on a podcast right 
<laughs> they had podcasts when you were in the seminary, weren't they? Didn't they? Yeah, I think so. I had never heard of them though, so I'm a little slow on the uptick though. But look at you now. So yeah, I figured the the microphone you you would uh, you know you can use uh, a lot, and uh, if you want to send something to the show, yeah. let us know what. All right. What 16.0 is thinking about. Okay. So, uh, um, real cool question. You want to, we should quickly what you're, we're preaching about. Cause we have a whole sermon to listen to. Oh, right. Right. So, uh, um, little note for the listeners. It was Hannah's suggestion that, uh, that we give, uh, Berg and the vicar a chance to critique my sermon, which is a uh, goes against every bone of my body to allow a vicar to critique <laughs> my sermon. <laughs> um, you got one more day. You can still mess this up, vicar. That's right. I gotta be careful. <laughs> the moonshine will soon <laughs> start to uh, talk. And 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 to be honest, uh, the uh, the text uh, that we're preaching on is is probably my least. I was telling Berg before, my least favorite. Oh no. <laughs> when I started the one-year series, I, I remember thinking, I got to preach this. It's probably one of Burke's favorite. I got to preach this every year? It's kind of fun. So <laughs> what are we talking so about? So for Trinity 9, uh, our text is Luke 16, 1 through 9, uh, the parable of the dishonest manager um, or the shrewd uh, manager or steward, however you want to say it, um, where Jesus is telling a parable about a man who is, going, who is a steward He's a manager. He's about to get kicked out of his job uh, out on the street, and he knows himself. He knows Mm -hmm. that uh, he isn't strong enough to dig, and he's too ashamed to beg. And so shrewdly, he goes and he cuts his his master's creditor's bills way down. Right. And, um, And so the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness, Jesus ends the parable with, For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. So, um, obviously, uh, if you take what Jesus says at the end there as uh, the key to interpreting the parable, um, it is a parable about money. Uh, It is a parable about how a Christian ought to use wealth in this world. Uh, the dishonest manager was shrewd. He knew himself. He knew what he could do and couldn't do. And then he found a way uh, to provide for himself. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that, uh, as Jesus says, the sons of this world are more shrewd than the sons of light. And mm-hmm. that's because we are um, both uh, justified, but also at the same time still sinners. Right. Um, we're, we're kind of dual focused. Right. You know, and the things of this earth just mm-hmm. keep pulling us away, right? But the way that we should be using wealth is for the glory of God and for uh, his kingdom. Mm. And, you know, this and, was... And I think we've said that this many times is is how, it, as Christians, we really need the wealthy. <laughs> They're the ones that... Right. That really keep, when you think of the seminaries going, um, mm. you know, all those things. It takes a lot of money to do the work of the church. And certainly... Um, Everyone contributes, but there are certain times where, where uh, the wealth of, of our blessed members really, really helps. Right. I mean, wealth is a gift from God. Um, it's often used wrongly. Um, and here Jesus is teaching us, uh, teaching us Christians how to use wealth. Um, and the problem is, is that even in the Christian church, we've kind of fallen into this idea of, well, you know, well, 
what do we want for our kids? First and foremost, we want them to be successful. We want them to go to college. We uh-huh. want them to get good jobs. We want them to do all these things. Um, but really, the first thing we should want for them is to be Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is uh, this is a pitfall. I think a particular pitfall for the United States hmm. because um, all of our educational systems are geared towards the accumulation and acquisition of wealth. You know, why do you go to college? Right. You don't go to college. Uh, but that, that's changing you know, now. A college, a college degree doesn't necessarily mean that. That's because they've told it. See, you, you, you just made my point, right? Because they've told everybody that they have to go to college in order to make more money. And so people did. And now there are too many master's degrees out there, right? They've devalued. There's a glut of master's degrees and not enough jobs to go around, right? Right. So, but, but think about that. Whether it be to university or to tech schools, our whole educational system is geared towards making money. It's not that you can be a better person. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, for any of this other kinds of stuff. It's for being successful in this world. And that's what makes the sons of this world more shrewd, right? Because right. they understand that. Hmm. They understand that they only have one life. Um, and so hmm. they're going to try and do whatever they can to get ahead. Hmm. Right. Right. So just a brief thing. So uh, we're recording this the day before my last sermon here at Trinity. And I actually mentioned in my sermon that I told my confirmation kids and it really shocked them. I asked them, what do you think the most important skill you could ever learn is? And I got a variety of answers, uh, but I told them that the most important skill that I'm going to help train you in is hearing the word of God, which is why we do sermon notes. Right. Uh, which is kind of a staple in Lutheran catechesis, but it's the most important skill they could ever learn. Mm-hmm. So anyway. All right. Well, uh, let us move on. I've got a top 12 list. Whoa. So I, I didn't expect you to put something together because you've been busy. No, and yeah, and I, you know, as the listener knows, last episode, I did kind of have my concluding sure. thoughts sh- sure. shared. So Very kind of you, by the way. Well, yeah. I don't know how you how you felt about you know the podcast not breaking the top five, but yeah. <laughs> that's just <laughs> so it goes. It, so it goes. it'll it'll be reflected on your uh, <laughs> right evaluation. I'm sure. <laughs> so um, along that that note, uh, I thought because we have to go through that ordinate ordination sermon. Mine's quick, but this is All the right. top twelve things I think the listener will miss about sixteen point <laughs> okay. Oh, Peter, play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time. For Bullhagen's top twelve. Great. All right. All right. <laughs> so uh, number twelve. Number twelve. Uh, I think people will miss just your general enjoyment of, of being a part of the show. All right. Because you had yeah. fun. No doubt. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Number eleven. I think people will miss the what is Vicar thinking about? <laughs> and you you did that honestly. You know. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh. You you know I don't know if you ever caught me in my nothing box, mm-hmm. but it was there was some close times that you caught me in my nothing <laughs> box. But uh, yeah, I'm always thinking, and uh, people who know me, uh, they'll look at my thinking face and think I'm angry. Mm-hmm. But I'm just thinking. Unfortunately, my son is picking that up. So yeah, he he does the same thing. He looks <laughs> yeah. at you like, yeah. "What's going on?" Yeah, with the you? pic the pic the, la- the last picture that we're leaving here at the church in the newsletter for August. Yeah. He's like given 
my thinking face. And by the way, it's a blank <laughs> stare. By the way, uh, I want to say congratulations to Hannah. Oh, yes, yes. Congratulations. There, there's going to be a new uh, listener. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> In fact, probably not a new listener. Probably uh, your dear infant child is probably listening already. Right. Leaping at the mm-hmm. in the womb. <laughs> the sound of Indeed. the Clear <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Number 10. Number 10. Uh, people will miss the fact that you can read way better than I can. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, when you first said you were going to do this, I figured that might get on the list. All right. But only 10. Okay. There's more. Here we go. Number nine. Your beverages. You've bought a lot of good beverages. Okay. Mm-hmm. Solid. Yeah. Number eight. You have always had good questions. Hmm. Especially, you know, the behind the collar stuff when you were generally interested in, well, what about this for pastors? You know, always mm-hmm. think about when you're going to be a pastor and how that relates and asking good questions to help us get behind the collar, which is, I think, the strength of our show. Hmm. Right. Number seven. Uh, your care for God's people. People notice that. The fact that you had to leave a few times to go do your, <laughs> your vespers. That's right. Or your matins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number six. Your soothing voice. Oh. I've noticed mm-hmm. when I would l- listen to an episode, you know, my voice is kind of piercing and annoying, <laughs> you know? No. And then uh, you come in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Number five. Your banter with Berg. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. There are times uh, where I can just sit back and let you guys Sure, talk, sure. And I can zone out for a while. Speaking <laughs> of which, what did you think of that last episode? That was good. Or not the last episode, but the one before. Right. Yeah, We're the, recording the, one, the first the episode one. without me. I know. Man. That was good. Yeah, let's not make a habit of that. <laughs> Number four. Uh, your b- behind-the-collar honesty. And what I mean by that is, is you you did it you enjoyed to, for the listener you had the opportunity to, to tell them what you really were thinking about and the kinds of things you were wrestling with, which, like I said before, is one of the strengths of the show, which makes this podcast different than any other Christian podcast. I think we kind of really see what pastors are wrestling with and the kind of things they think about. Yeah, and and you displayed a lot of that. Hmm. Number three, uh, your thoughtfulness. Okay, good. Uh, very thoughtful in your answers. Um, and uh, that's not necessarily always a strength of mine, apparently. <laughs> Hannah would say. <laughs> Actually, I think Hannah threw me under the bus a couple times, too. Probably well-deserved. <laughs> Probably well-deserved. Number two. And two, your continued faithfulness. That's always a good thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. And then number one. And number one. Peter, do you know what number one is? What people are going to miss most about the 16.0 laugh. Well, I just said it. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the laugh. Not oh. just the, the, the normal laughs, <coughs> but <Right>. the... <laughs> <laughs> it's like where the... He's, re- he's referring to, like, where nobody's really laughing. It was like a relatively okay joke. And then Vickers like, all right, we're going to get this going. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so yeah. yeah good. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's been a real, I think you were real nervous 
about the podcast oh, when you yeah. first got here? You're like, do I do I want to do this or not? The internet's forever. I have I had this like <laughs> right. I had this um, call. Uh, 15.0 was in my head saying, "I'm never going to get a call." <laughs> You know, as an outgoing, you know, seminarian who's going to be a vicar, and you know you're walking into that, it's like, oh, man. And then, and yeah, the first time we make you make animal noises. Oh, man. <laughs> but, yeah, Hopefully. before the renovated Toxin Tasting Studio. Right. Man, yeah. that was a Stone Age. Well, I can't hurt. That's hard to remember. I know. Even, wow. Yeah, I'd forgotten all about that. <sighs> so, man. So, do you, what do you want to do next? Do you want to do the sermon thing? Yeah, let's this go is, ahead. Uh, this is a request of uh, of, of Hannah, um, where uh, you get a ch- chance that uh, maybe critique's a strong word. <laughs> Discuss. You could critique. Yeah, sure. you know. Yeah, no, I. But uh, no um, mercy, no mer- no mercy. <laughs> so uh, this is uh, uh, from the sermon text was John twenty, uh, where Jesus appears to his disciples. Uh, breeze on them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness, it is withheld. That passage from John chapter 20, was that uh, 19 to... What is it, one? Or no, no, it's not one, is it? 20, 19 yeah, it's to... 19, yeah. Vicar. Yeah. What? <laughs> I preach <laughs> on it every year, too. Like, oh. 19 to 23? That's All right. It. Yep, 19 to 23. So what we're going to do is, is rather than just, you know, I think it would be too boring for the audience just to play it all and then hear your comments, okay? So so uh, when uh, you have a comment you want to make, you hear something that you want to talk about or say that, it, that the sermon brings up, just say, uh, stop it or stop. And I'll stop <laughs> or it. pause. Pause. Yeah. There pause. you go. Pause. Okay. Stop it. <laughs> and then uh, – Say what's on your mind. All right. All right, you ready to go? Let's do this. All right, here we go. Dear members, precious souls of our Lord Jesus Christ, of Christ Lutheran Church, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, Pat, Whitney. She's here somewhere. Pause. (laughs) She was out. She wasn't there. She was with a kid out Ah. Of course, that's why uh, if you stick too closely to your manuscript, you get lost because, oh, yeah, you're not here. Oh, well, now that I've really embarrassed you. Whoops. So uh, Interesting. Uh, you know, just a comment. Pat, you know, short for Patrick. Mm-hmm. With and, and Whitney also goes by Wit. But, you know, you want the abbreviated form with one of them and oh. the extended with the other. But Okay. <laughs> I don't even... It was like the, you know, in the vicar evaluation, what's uh, your relationship with your supervisor? That's the question that I think of when you say, Pat. It's like, yeah. all right. Anyway, here we go. And uh, fellow brothers, pastors, if you're wondering who I am, I am uh, uh, Patrick's uh, vicarage supervisor. Um, so if you're wondering who this random dude is walking up and preaching, that's me. Uh, time is short. I'm not going to give you any kind of cute little stories about him. You can talk to me afterwards. We've got a more pressing issue at hand, and that is the Word of God. Pause. Pause. Go ahead. No, that's great, because you're there, like, you get down to business, and that's good. Right, because, you know, I'm going to be critiquing myself more than you guys, I have a feeling. <laughs> but, but you get tired of, like, uh, like uh, family Remember when members. he stuck a pickle jar down his... 
Yeah. <laughs> or you get like a, like a family doing a, a wedding sermon or it is just like this folksy inside jokey. This is what's cute about this situation. Right. It's good to have a little bit of that, but you know, I want people to stay awake. I just want to get to the point. So. Well, and you, you showed them what's more important than all that. Right. It's the office. Now, if it if it's something that relates to the situation, right, it'd be something different. Right, doing cutesy stuff just for cutesy stuff is right. lame. I would work on your elevator speech. Okay, what do you mean by that? <laughs> uh, elevator speech is if you're on an elevator and someone asks you, you know, who who you are, what you do. Uh uh-huh. You have thirty seconds to. Oh. Yeah. So I, I'd work on that. Thirty seconds to suck them in. Right. I'm a random guy. I'm I'm the random guy. <laughs> anyway, okay. Boy, you're, you're you're getting carried away already. All right, here we go. I think there could be a better time for an ordination, and I don't think there could be a better time to hear the words from John chapter twenty that we heard earlier. The re- reason why is this: because twenty twenty has been a year when we have been asked to forget everything we knew. It seems like. Uh, buffering. <laughs> okay, so uh, I guess th- the internet paused us. So um, let's uh, let's talk about that. Um, so good use, good timely use, right? right? Draws in twenty twenty. L- draws in the listener. Um, forgetting everything that we knew, <laughs> right? So yeah. All right, I'm going to open up this in a different app here. All right. All right. I think there can be a better time All right. for ordination. All right. And I don't think there could be a better time to hear the words from John chapter 20 that I we heard earlier. Preach. The re- reason why is this. Because 2020 has been a year when we have been asked to forget everything we knew, it seems like. And asked to forget everything we knew about health, about freedom, about our country about our neighbor, for everything you know about your security and your future. One tiny virus has come along and we still don't know anything about it, just a little cell, not even a cell. And even the smartest of the smart spend their time stumbling over themselves. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask, wear a mask again. This medicine works. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. A vaccine will be impossible. Maybe we'll have one. Maybe we won't. Who knows? Maybe we should open schools. Maybe we shouldn't. We don't know. And on top of that, there are other issues. We cannot define what love is amongst our brothers and sisters in our own country, what is right and wrong, what is good and evil. And we've all been trained to hear every bit of news or information with such skepticism and mistrust We don't know what is right. We don't know what is true. We don't know any of the words we seem to hear or read. It seems like utter nonsense, uselessness. And we have seen firsthand what happens when there is no central truth. It leads to disunity. Perhaps many of us thought we had it a few months ago. It has divided churches. It has divided families. We've all seen this firsthand. In our gospel reading... By the way, I'll pause it there. 
I do a lot of repeating myself. That's a, something I do. Uh, well, I thought you had a lot of good parallelisms there. Um, you did, um, you did the schools, you did the masks, you did the medicines, um, which was a good parallelism to really kind of strike home where it's not exactly the same thought, but you know, it kind of builds off it. You know, Right. The, the, the goal was to kind of build off the idea of, you know, the uncertainty and we can't trust right. the words of, of yeah. people. Right. And, and I, general I, distrust, especially when you're not unified in anything that's true. Right. Yeah, that without that central truth, um, it all falls apart. No, that's yeah. All right, here we go. And on the topic, on the topic of repeating yourself, I will say, as someone who had to take sermon notes under, uh, on your sermons. Yes. And I think I told you this at the time. You're 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 a great preacher because humans are dumb, and we need things repeated to us. But it's really hard to make sermon notes on your sermons because you end up writing the same. <laughs> sentence six or seven times on the paper. Nice. Yeah. yeah, that's true. All right, here we go. Reading today, we find the disciples in a familiar scene to us. They were in a locked room, isolated in fear. When Jesus appeared to him resurrected, think about what they had experienced just the week before. Jesus entering into Jerusalem with shouts of his hosannas. Judas, whom they thought was a brother, betraying Jesus. Ruthless religious leaders, yes, religious leaders seeking his death. A kangaroo court charging Jesus. The disciples scattering in fear. Peter himself denying three times, not even knowing Jesus. I do not know the man, he said. An angry mob that got their way, chanting, crucify him, crucify him. The Roman soldiers mocking him, betraying him, nailing him to the cross. Imagine the disciples very afraid that they gathered in, gathered in that room. Pause. Uh, just, uh, I appreciate the, uh, kind of the summary of the passion account, especially, you know, this is, this is in the summer. This is at the kind of the first third of Trinity season. Mm -hmm. And so it, you know, it's been a while since Holy Week and it's, it's always good for us to place the text that we're preaching in, in the larger context of the life and ministry of Jesus, which is something that you do well generally in, in. Yeah, and you're preaching. Yeah, my so. goal was to kind of go from uh, the not knowing, right, and the confusion and everything changing to the disciples and the right. uh, the there in a locked room in kind of the same situation, you know, not knowing what they thought they knew just a few days before. All right. Yeah. No. That uh, they knew. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Was wrong. Oh. Sorry. Pause. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> um, it reminds me of. Um, um, Paul Scott Wilson's book, The Four Pages of a Sermon, A Guide to Biblical Preaching. And what he says is that um, your four pages, they don't have to be four literal pages, but your first page is the biblical time, and then your second page is the modern time. Your third page is God's grace in the biblical time, and your fourth page is God's grace today. And mm. what you did, which was in, you know, your first page, right, would have been um, talking about this world's uncertainty, and now you've moved to page two, mm -hmm. which is 
the the uncertainty that plagued mm. the disciples, which I mean is a really good, um, uh, yeah, it's a nice. Uh, you, you kind of switch the pages, which is kind of a fun, kind of a fun deal, right? So, all right. He was Messiah in their minds. They saw him cure the, give the blind the sight, drive out demons, even raising up the dead. And here, this Messiah willingly made his way to die on the cross. And then add to the confusion Mary Magdalene, who said to them, I have seen the Lord. You think they trusted that? They were isolated, afraid, not knowing what to believe and what is true. Then Jesus appeared. He appeared before them in that locked room. Truth stood there right before them, staring them in their eye. Peace be with you, our risen Lord said. Truth staring. By the way, I just want to say one thing when I listen to my sermons is I'm not just my personality. I'm just not an exact speaker. That's one of my failings. Hmm. You know, you know what I'm saying? Where, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's hard to find the right word. Right. You know? Even if I have the right word written, I don't say it. <laughs> you found a better one then. That's there right. you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. With you, our risen Lord said, truth staring him in the face, showing them his hands in his side where the dead body was pierced. Jesus was the truth. And he was dead. And now he is alive. The beautiful thing about our text, it is not just the resurrection of our Lord. What makes our text very spectacular is the words that Jesus spoke to them that day. And in those words that Jesus spoke, Jesus tied his death and resurrection with the preaching office. For the disciples that day, and for every generation to follow, Jesus instituted the preaching office. He gave them pastors to preach his word. Peace be with you, Jesus said. In establishing this office, Jesus said, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you, sending out these disciples, as God sent his own Son, to preach the words that Jesus preached, to preach with the authority that Jesus preached, to forgive with the authority that Jesus gave. And they would have no right to preach anything unless Jesus gave it to them to preach. So immediately that day, in the death and resurrection, Jesus immediately ties it to an office where men can preach that word to the people of God. And just like Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit when he was baptized, so he anointed them with the power of the Holy Spirit, breathing on them the Holy Spirit, saying, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness, it is withheld. I want you to think about that, all of you, this morning, afternoon. I usually preach in the morning. He lets us know exactly where we stand. He lets us know that he is life and where the sinner stands before God without doubt, without spin, without lies, without understanding what the hidden agenda is. 
He tells the disciples to forgive and withhold forgiveness according to his word by the Holy Spirit. To cut through all that confusion and say, this is what I give you. The disciples sent by Christ with the authority over death and hell by the power of the Holy Spirit to preach Christ the words of Christ so that people can hear without doubt, without qualification, without spin, without conjecture, without fake news, without hidden agendas, that your sins are forgiven before God in heaven. As if Christ himself said those words. Pause. Yeah. Nice reference back to the catechism, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that. That's good. And you base that all of this is truth, but not just truth, not some navel-gazing truth, but truth that saves, truth that is for us, truth that we need to be um, some, intimately some, concerned about. Right. And now someone may be mm-hmm. wondering why I use the phrase. Maybe Vicar can answer this. Huh. Why I use the, the phrase the preaching office here. Um, I, I mean, why are you using it? Yeah, I just, that's so, I mean, uh, Christ institutes the, the, uh, he, he sends out pastors to preach. The word is at the center of the pastor's ministry, right? It's not, uh, the CEO of a corporation. It's not a. Uh, a nice guy. <laughs> right. And, and that, that's actually to too, that's yeah. how the, the Lutheran confessions talk about. Right. In order that they might obtain this faith, right? Right. The preaching office is the, given. The predigamped. Right. Ooh. Huh? You're dropping it. All right. All right. All right. So I, what, I, what I'm trying to do is establishing then the certainty that we can actually have certainty. Right. And I was comparing the word of God to everything else that everyone's been dealing with Mm -hmm. and i'm placing that then and how all of those are fallible truths but then this is an infallible truth one that can't be changed or shaken Mm -hmm. so very good all right so we'll continue so that you can know forgiveness full and free because god loves you too much to treat you the way the world has treated you He gives you his death and resurrection and the full assurance of that. In my conversations with my people in Hampton, Iowa, where I serve, I think everyone at some point has wondered if they've had the coronavirus or not. Super high sensitive about their health, a little tickle in their throat. Someone they knew uh, who knew someone who had the coronavirus. Always worried. Well, what does this mean? I can't smell. Can I? Oh, yes, I can. Have you noticed that too? Oh, yeah. I notice it myself. It's like I've got terrible allergies this year, and it's like, should I go get tested? And right. you know, yep. even though I've I've never been around anybody who has tested positive. Right. And I, I've gone to the doctor because uh, I've been having some eating issues a little bit. And mm-hmm. when I eat, I cough because I have like my esophagus is swollen. Oh, yeah, that's and weird. so that it like it makes you feel like oh you know <laughs> right. Anyways, but everyone has gone through that, right? Right. So I use. Well, and we need to right now, right? We have to make sure, you know, it's it's best to keep to stay vigilant in this kind of thing, right? Right. 
even if it's unfounded, you have to make sure everything, you know. But ultimately, that's the only way to know is to have a test that's 90% accurate. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll continue. Can I? Oh, yes, I can. Everyone is self-diagnosing themselves. Am I going to be okay? I don't know. All this confusion. But what people do is the same thing with their salvation. They look at their sin and they say, I'm going to self-diagnose that. Doesn't feel wrong. They look at their forgiveness. I'm going to self-diagnose this. I'm going to trust in how I feel about the situation, how I compare myself to my neighbors, without actually hearing the full diagnosis of sin and the remedy of God's forgiveness by his, the death of his son. Some people have a false sense of security. Some people need to hear the gospel. And with all this mental math and wondering, where do I fit in? How do I know God forgives me? Today, Jesus gives you his word. He says, if he forgives your sins, they are forgiven. God in his word lets you know exactly where you stand. In our text, he establishes a preaching office so you can tell them exactly where they stand by the law and the gospel, without agenda, without fear, but by giving them the truth. To feed them with the voice of Jesus, to baptize them in the water and the blood, to feed you with the body and blood of Jesus without any qualifications that you may know that in that body and blood, your sins are forgiven. Also in that charge, he also commands the disciples to withhold forgiveness. By the way, isn't that often the mist? Hmm. Right, yeah, that everybody loves to hear about the loosing key. Right. Right. The one that gets rid of the sin, but the binding key. Right. The one that keeps those sins on you. And then people don't right. like to talk about right. that. Yeah. But but I, I tried to address the fact that uh that uh this is what I've noticed as a pastor is is that everyone kinda like the coronavirus, when it comes to their sin and their standing, we wanna always play that game ourselves. Right. The self-diagnosis, right? And and uh, you know what I thought of when you said that? What Parks and Rec, <laughs> where where Leslie has the flu, and Andy types in her symptoms, and he's like, Leslie, I typed in your symptoms, symptoms, and it looks like you have connectivity issues <laughs> because his internet is hooked up. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's exact, guys. That's exactly how it is when you try to diagnose yourself. For sin, apart from God's word, you have. I either have cold or a cancer, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, we will continue. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, we should have this discussion here some other time. Uh, unfortunately, Vicar won't be with us, but um, uh, you know about the binding key and the loosing key and mm. and that sort of thing, and uh, like general absolution, private absolution, that sort of stuff. We should have that discussion mm. on this podcast. There, there's a, a nearby pastor, I think, who's chomping on the bit who, to have that discussion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get him on the show. We'll get an hour and a half. <laughs> we, we will. <laughs> I, Filler. So. All right. So let's you, continue. Uh, all right. <laughs> 70 minutes on. <laughs> <laughs> Not repent. Oh. 
But this too had, was born out of love. Out of love to confront the unbeliever and that precious soul to repent so that prodigal child may be brought back home in the love and the forgiveness of God so that heaven may rejoice over one sinner who repents. And so to do this, he's making you a pastor here. And he has given you people ears to hear that word. And when he gives you the law, it's not about haggling over opinions like the rest of the world does, about what is fake and what is real. He's going to give you the word of God. He's going to teach you the Ten Commandments. You are going to know what God has to say, whether he likes to say it or not, and whether you like to hear it or not. I can pause it there. I try to address the fact, and the reason why I say whether he likes to say it or not, or whether you like to hear it, is that's not fun for pastor. Is no. what I kind of want to get across a little bit with that. Mm-hmm. kind of statement um and we hear it all the time well pastor that's just your opinion right you know and there are times like i wish it wasn't you know right you know right <laughs> you know right right sometimes i wish it it was just my opinion right right and not the word of god right yeah um hmm. and so that i i, I well, you can't preach that text honestly if you don't have that that part of it it's not just the assurance of forgiveness but also letting you know, right? Does this uh, unbeliever know? Right. There's a great uh, painting on this. Mm. Um, it's on the uh, altarpiece at St. Mary's. Luther preached there quite a bit. It's right down the street from the Castle Church, and it has the pastor there. His name was Johannes Bugenhagen, mm. and it has him on the right side as you're facing at the right side of the triptych. Um, he's got the one key on a guy's head, and he's being loosed. And another guy is leaving, but you can see in the picture that his hands are bound. Mm. Um, and so visually, it's very, very cool. Mm. Um, so if you want to look that up on the internet, just Google like, St. Mary's. Yes. I like you how know. you're smart enough to know that, oh, we'll post a picture of that on Facebook. <laughs> it, it, I'm just, it's the only not way that would happen if is Hannah is in the room sitting with us, <laughs> making sure it happens. Right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So, a side note, uh, you, you mentioned the prodigal son. Uh, are you still uh, are you still on your interpretation of the prodigal son story? Obviously he's not, because he preached it the right way. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well. <coughs> oh, Berg's coughing now. Yeah. Well, we're self-diagnosing at this point. Yep. Um, uh, I... I, I the, the way I, I actually, Vicar and I actually talked about this a little bit because Vicar gave me for my office a painting. Mm-hmm. Who is the, the Ed uh, Rojas, the Re- prodigal oh, son? Riojas, yeah, yeah Riojas. Yeah, we're actually going to get that for Stephen for his for his room. So. That's great. Well, <laughs> Vicar, would you like to explain? There's a the aspect of the picture. Yeah. So uh, the painter uh, seems to open up a little bit of interpretational. Uh, not question, but possibilities, maybe. <laughs> I could use that. I thought a pastor when I saw it, because we had the conversation about the prodigal son, the prodigal uh, perhaps uh, seeing this as a Christ figure in forsaking his uh, inheritance for our sake, uh, returning to the Father. Anyway, uh, the painter has a, a crucifix in the shadows of the wasteland that the prodigal is coming from. 
he uh, the prodigal also has the Holy Spirit um, flying with him back to the Father. Uh, it's I, I mean I I just thought that perhaps I thought a pastor when I saw <laughs> this, and this is the reason why it was my gift for him uh, in in his office. But uh, yeah, get 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 it matted and framed at Hobby Lobby in Mason City. Mm-hmm. Plug for Hobby Lobby. Nice. Yeah. He's also got some other really yeah. great stuff. Yes. So if you are on Facebook, Real we're not awesome. going to post anything. No. Uh, go to <laughs> one per show. Go, go to Ed Riojas, uh, artist. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah, or his blog, uh, the Art Curmudgeon. Yeah, he's so. got some really great stuff. All right. Okay. All right. So that was the, the reference to the binding key. <laughs> Here we go. Preaching the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't want to, Pastor, and even if they don't want to hear it. Or not. But he does so to open up your ears to hear that we all stand condemned by the law. But you also have a God who is honest with you to forgive you. You have a pastor who is charged today and is making a vow to let you know exactly where you stand before God. And you have a pastor who is making a vow to be honest with you when it comes to the law and also when it comes to the gospel. For if he is faithful in giving you the law, then when he gives you the... Oh, sorry. I can't believe I did that. I hit a wrong button. Where'd it go? I can believe it. Uh, (laughs) All right. And he does so to open up... To forgive you. You have a pastor who is charged today and is making a vow to let you know exactly where you stand before God. And you have a pastor who is making a vow to be honest with you when it comes to the law and also when it comes to the gospel. For if he is faithful in giving you the law, then when he gives you the precious words of absolution from the voice of Christ, you know he is honest and faithful too. For through his voice, Christ will pronounce their sins are forgiven. I think that's what happens when you don't preach the law, is people then become unsure about the gospel. Mm -hmm. Because if you say that about everybody, about every situation. hmm? Right. So, all right. You are a citizen of heaven. You are alive in Christ forever. And God places Pat in your midst as your servant. To cut through everything sin, death, and the devil may throw at you, that you may have life. And that brings us today. Pat Baldwin. Note, I kind of been talking about the day already, but. <laughs> That's all right. You are vowing to do what Christ has established and commanded. You have no right to preach anything that God, through Jesus, has not given you to preach. And today you make a vow of faithfulness to the word of God and the Lutheran confessions as a correct exposition of that word, to give the people exactly what they need with the voice of Christ. And in these vows, which I see are printed out for you, 
fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, it is good for you to keep those, look at them, and remember them. Because in those... Pause. All right. This is something I put in every ordination sermon, by the way. You've probably picked this up. Yep. Already. <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, because it's it's like uh, the text that preacher is going to... That preacher... <laughs> vicar is going to preach for his last sermon, right? That every Christian... Uh, not just pastors, but every Christian is commanded to judge doctrine. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and he can o- he or she can only do that if they actually know what God's word says. Right. And also they have to look and see, okay, what is my pastor's job? Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's really good. Hmm. So it's like, oh, well, pastor won't clean the carpet. <sighs> So I'm mad at him, and I'm not going to go to church anymore. Well, guess what? That's not actually his right job, right? Mm-hmm. And and also, as we'll we'll hear, is is uh, when when uh, you ask your pastor to to kind of do something that ah, seems harmless or something, but is actually kind of fudging on the word of God. What are you actually asking him to do? To break his vow. And right. I, don't, I don't think, yeah. and and I, and I preach at every ordination service sermon just because you know uh, this is the only time my they'll they'll hear it from because I preach at different places, right? But uh, people need because I don't know if people often think of it that that way, hmm. you know. So, all right. Vows. If you were to ever ask your new pastor to do something to fudge on God's word, to water it down, to give you anything less than the word of God, you, in effect, would be asking him to break those vows, to water down the voice of Christ, to add doubt to his word. And that just will not do. God loves you too much. And in this gift of giving you a pastor, He gives you something your soul desperately needs. The full assurance of forgiveness through the word of God. Through the voice of a pastor he has given to you. Sent by Christ Jesus himself, who was once dead and is now alive. To forgive your sins with the voice of Christ. So I say, it is a great day. For an ordination. Could be a little cooler. But it is a great day to hear the word of Christ. <laughs> All right, Berg. It is a great day to understand what it means to be unified as brothers and sisters in that word. It is a great day to enjoy the peace that our resurrected Lord has given us to taste the fruit of his death and resurrection. It is a great day to consider the preaching office that God established for the church. And it is a great day as he continues at work in this place with this man called by Christ Jesus in the name of Christ Jesus. By the power of the Holy Wrap Spirit. Wrap it up, Bullhagen. <laughs> through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Right, May the man. peace of... All right, so there it is. That was good. Um, you had a common theme throughout the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uncertainty versus certainty. And I, 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 I tried to kind of 
not only to, to give the certainty, but also the flip side. Don't treat church as the world treats right. mm-hmm. when it comes to the Word of God. This is not—you don't treat the Word of God the same way. It's not a Facebook argument, you know, that mm. can just be explained with names. I don't know. That's where I go to get all my truth, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so— so uh, that was per Hannah's request. Yeah, that's great. I think it shows to me the benefit of um, being ordained in your the church that that has called you to serve. I think that was. I think yeah, something that what I was thinking about because you're able to. I I haven't been to many ordinations in my life, but I can imagine that sometimes the focus is too much on the candidate for ordination. The mm-hmm. pastor who's about you know who's about to become a pastor, and sometimes it's too much, maybe on the people. There is a healthy balance, I think. Sure. By the way, so, the piece of advice when it comes to ordination, you want yours to be like in June right away, because there's always that guy who gets ordained earlier in the summer, so he can go all of his buddies ordination and lay the hands. <laughs> That's right. Huh. <laughs> That's about right. Well, and I I want to say that. Uh, Thinking of going back to your point, um, my the congregation I was called to had never actually had hmm. an ordination. Hmm. Everybody had been, um, all of them had been ordained and had served in other parishes. Hmm. So I was the first candidate they ever got. So for 118 years, they had never had. Uh, wow. Well, I think maybe they did at the really early beginning, like 1895. Sure. But not too many people so, remember that. Yeah, not too many people remember yeah. that. So. <laughs> so you know great yeah thanks for uh sharing that and thanks hannah for the suggestion suggestion right all right do we have we got some time for garlic yet don't we pete um yeah i suppose we can fit it in it's the finale it's season two finale so you know why not yeah that's a good way of thinking this is the second season right or maybe maybe we let vicar choose what is what does he want to do Oh. Yeah, what do you want to do as a segment for your last episode? I'd like some garlic. All right. Please. Peter, play the intro. So, uh, welcome to Pastor's Peace Theater with Pastor Berg. All right, so we are starting on a new section here uh, of garlic where he is going to, um, he is going to uh, take on the uh, um, unionism of and talk about particular cases that are going on during his time and actually use that to teach about um, the sort of terrible, um, evil, fleshy unionism that happens in the church. So this is what is happening in April of 1949-1950. So here we go. Reverend A. Kretzman of St. Luke's Parish, Chicago, in answer to the bleeding call of a local bellwether, lopes into Mantawak, this past year it was, to lead the gullible sheep of all and sundry Lutheran folds in the county, the gray, the black, the spotted, and the ring-straked to more lofty pastures, to a more vigorous Christianity which transcends synodical lines. He proposes to organize an alert and aggressive laity, a widely read laity, active in the councils of the church, to stand up and speak out for Christ and his church when un godly forces oppose us from without as well as within our own heart to be a mighty force in the world. 
The local movement germinated in the first Lutheran, United, and Lodge infested, in which the pastor is under contract not to take disciplinary measures against members belonging to secret societies. They who first tie the hands of Jesus like Caiaphas and Pilate did, and then go to work for him, may serve as a political pressure group, but can never be the power of God unto salvation. Kretzmann castigates the take-it-easy Christianity of Lutheran leaders, which have no power left for anything, who oppose such activity as this and say, they are trying to put something over on us. We must accept the togetherness, which is of God's making, not ours. Nothing can stop such faith in the fellowship with one another. The same balderdash was handed out by the victorious majority leaders of the Norwegian merger in 1917 as they bullied the protesting minority with the war cry, God wills it. We have a lot of fog in Mantuak, but this Chicago hodgepodge is decidedly, decidedly denser. Moses and Joshua lay day and night on their faces and mourned under the wrath of God, which spoke through the brazenness of Korah, Dathan, and Abraham. This modern act of violence and infidelity aroused no local storm, caused not even a ripple. It seems we are so hardened that we pass off with a yawn of boredom any outrage committed in the Lutheran church short of murder and robbery. A man of the confessional church so-called at large cheating the brethren behind him, duping those before him, walking in craftiness, handling the word of God deceitfully. Such heady, high-minded, truce-breaking prophets will not cease from their feverish activity until they have accomplished their end, saved the perishing world, and forced the Lord Jesus to cancel the day of judgment, come to earth and apply for membership with a Lutheran know-how movement, which, with its irresistible gospel appeal, has set on fire the entire God-created universe. What this gurgling fermentation within our Lutheran circles might eventually bring to the surface, no one can clearly foresee. But the immediate result of Kretzmann's epiphany is another organization, more officers, another treasury supporting, soliciting support, more banquets, guest speakers' toasts, more shoulder slapping, more membership drives, more special objectives, more ado about nothing. The church is organized to death. Said the three milk stools hanging on hooks in the cow stable, we too must organize, for all the world is sitting upon us. We must come out in the open, be a force in the world, and learn from the barnyard gate to swing in both directions. The unionist plows around the stumps and thus finishes his furrow faster. He has little respect for the landmarks of history. He plows the plains forever wedded to the hardy buffalo grass to wheat and thus turns fertile land into barren dust bowls. He believes the distinctive patterns of various Lutheran synods have faded and the time is ripe for a refitting, one grand cloak of the various pieces in which neither seams will show nor colors clash. Our fathers, as they fought one another vigorously on the question of doctrine and practice and fought sincerely according to their lights, though they at times in the heat of battle were needlessly nasty to their opponents and followed one another with the cold steel of their intellect, were closer to the heart of the gospel, both parties on either side, yea, closer to one another in the Lord as they differed, than our smug and suave modern Lutherans are as they unctuously shake hands across the old rail fence, which they contend our fathers should not have built in the first place. All right. Wow. That's a, that's a great reading before tomorrow's text. Yeah. The rat, you know, the wolf in sheep, sheep's clothing. It makes, it makes my sermon seem a little less eloquent. Whoa. <laughs> so, and what's interesting about this A. Kretzman of St. Luke's Parish, Chicago. Yeah. Um, like 20 years later, he, he joins the ELCA. Hmm. So, you know, it, it's interesting here because huh. Hensel calls him on all this, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
and he says, uh, you know, we don't know what this gurgling fermentation within our Lutheran circles might eventually bring to the surface. Mm. No one can clearly foresee, yep. right? But this is the thing. Hensel calls it. Right. Right. And he calls it in such a beautiful way because he uses the biblical imagery of Jacob and Laban when mm. they actually separate their sheep out. Right. Right. And he says um, that he called oh, yeah. them all together, the gray, the black, the spotted, and the ring straked, right? And here Kretzmann is bringing them all together when really they should be right. separated out. Right. 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 That, that, is, uh, that is a constant battle with, 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 with doctrine in the sense that uh, um, you, one side will say you're being too separatist, <laughs> you're too, being too divisive. And there was a time I remember being in a convention, oh, probably 15, 20 years ago now, um, where anytime someone wanted to have a theological debate, the charge was made, why are you trying to pull us apart? Right. Hmm. You know, it, it's better. It's better to duke it out. Because right. that, that that is what and, has made what has made the city is always stronger when they do. And even though we differ in doctrine and practice, if we're duking it out, we are actually closer to the Lord and to one another huh. than 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 this indifferentism. Right. Or yeah. or the fact that or there there is a spirit in that as well where uh, that uh, you can duke it out from a theological point of view and still be brothers. Right. You know, right. You know, without taking it personal. Right. And sometimes you might even have to, you know, split synods. And yet you can still say, you know, these these, you know, these brothers though erring are still sons of God. Right. Like for example, what he's referring to here are the the doctrinal controversies uh, in the 19th century, particularly the predestination controversy. Mm-hmm. Um where these guys duked it out. They duked it out over election. What does mm-hmm. it mean um, when the Bible says the elect? Right? And, 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 and if, I, if I'm going to be honest behind the collar, you know, we went through this in our own synod around the time I was born in the 70s mm-hmm. where they had the hard discussions, and I think we became a stronger synod because of that. And we still have a lot of the effects of that when it comes to a lot of issues to this day when it comes to God's word. But... As I look on the horizon, if I were to put my Hensel glasses on, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I see certain things gurgling. Yep, the gurgling fermentation. Right. There are times I wonder where this all ends up. I don't know. And I think, too, the troubling thing is uh, when it's our own our own leaders, right? Our own leaders have to be careful that these— the most important thing you can do at a convention is talk theology. Right. The most th- the most important thing you can do anywhere is talk theology. Right. right. But um, it's kind of like he said here, as the uh, victorious majority bullied the protesting minority with the words, God wills it. Right. It's very easy for this to happen uh, for good, you know, for, for people that we might have voted for, mm-hmm. you know. Or just to be silent, right? Right. We say, you know, we say all these nice little phrases, um, you know, and try to play nice and uh, ignore the differences that actually do exist. And uh, I think that can also be the same kind of rot. Hmm. And we just need to be very careful about these things. 
have discussions on the basis of God's word because um, it is rot, and we don't want it to become gangrene. Right. So, uh, uh, 16.0, any any final thoughts? <laughs> no, I, I was thinking about the pickle juice. <laughs> <laughs> What's Vicker thinking about? <laughs> so you're gonna go yeah. buy you're gonna go buy some of this for your compatriots at the seminary? Yeah, and I think I think my wife would really love this stuff. I think really? Peter would like it actually. She's crazy about pickles. Wow. I think so too. You, you need to tell me where you got that, Berg. Uh Cyclone Liquors. Oh, really? Yeah. It's out of well, I, Yeah. I'm gonna go get some right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just down the street, right? <laughs> yeah. Like two blocks away. Oh, I've had their blackberry one too. Um, the moonshine is really good, but if you try to eat the berries, they taste like fire. I mean, it is actually it's amazing how huh. smooth like the spirit gets, but what's left over is I mean, it just burns like it's crazy. There's a sermon illustration for that. Someday. So, <laughs> hey Google, what time does Cyclone Liquors close? Cyclone Liquors closes at 10 p.m but you might want to check with them. Awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> how's the, how's the t-shirt thing going? Um, we're working on it. By I say we're working on it. My wife has done some research. <laughs> um, okay, uh, well, we have um, some uh, notes. Uh, we are actually on a few more platforms. We are on Stitcher and um, is it iTunes? What is it called? YouTube? TikTok? Uh, tune in. Oh, tune in. Tune in. Right. TikTok? So with the tune in, <laughs> if you have an Alexa app now, you can you, you should be able to say to your Alexa, um, and I'm just going to say this, and maybe it'll happen. No. No. <laughs> we don't need two copies of our podcast going. Hey, wiretap. Play Claire Claire's. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. No, wait. I got this. I got this. Ready? Hey, Alexa. Remind me in one hour to listen to the Clerical Errors podcast. Great. <laughs> Making waves. So, so Vicar, um, since uh, we're on these new platforms, uh, where are some of the old platforms they can reach us at? Well, they can find us on our, our website, clericalairs.org. They can, they can find us on that old Facebook uh, on our page, Clerical Airs uh, podcast. They can message us or contact us that way. They can find us on Twitter. Still looking for... Uh, at me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> at Clerical Airs P for podcast. Um, and they can really find us wherever podcasts are found, uh, particularly my favorite, Podbean. So. And if you, if we're not on your favorite podcast app or whatever, let me know and I'll see what I can yeah. do. Email That's me great. at the feedback at clericalairs.org. I'll try and get that figured out. All right. Well, I think that brings us, sadly, to the end of Gosh. our show. So uh, thank you for listening. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Berg. And I'm Vicker. And may your pickle moonshine not be gangrene. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Twitter at Clerical Airs P for podcast or email us at feedback at clericalairs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Airs. See you next time.